to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Joining me as usual is my brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello. How and, are you, everyone? And with us again is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes. What's up? Just do it. You know you'll want to. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> and I'm so it sorry. never gets old. I cannot sleep. I cannot <laughs> dream tonight. I need somebody and always. We still miss <laughs> Phil. <laughs> I see, Brent. I think the song that I sent you earlier is uh, a little more fitting. Oh, please let me be Lionel Richie. And my job is dangerous, dangerous because anything goes in Florida. Come on yeah. down into the woods. Nose the rail off the belt. Is that what you're doing, Florida? Nose beers. Ah, nose beers, baby. Yeah. That's the way it should be. <laughs> say you, say me. That's the one I was thinking. Say it together. What's going on here? I think it's karaoke night. Our, it's our dad is. And we've already lost the entire audience. And our dads are disappointed in us more than they already are. All right. I yeah, apologize. mine's going to come back and haunt me just so he can bitch slap me. Okay. So this episode is about racing. What do we got today? What is what's oh, the first topic? Get moving. I thought it was about like playing our favorite music sound bites, but yeah, our homoerotic <laughs> uh, tendencies. Anyway, right. Let's get past what that part. But yes, let's get past that part. Uh, yeah, we do racing stuff. R- racing, manly stuff. Um, I did race this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, Jesse filmed this past weekend, which this is, we'll talk about later. This is the third. Uh, this is the third last race of the year for Brent. Uh, no, it's the last last. Uh, I actually went into the garage and fogged the motor and got it all winterized already. So yeah, it's definitely the last race. I'm not taking that motor and readjusting the valves and going back out for one race at some track I don't probably want to even race at. But I'll get into that later as well. Uh, but no, we ran Stafford on Saturday, which is weird to say because you usually run it on Friday. Uh, but we ran the CBYD, what was it, CBYD 81, right, for the Tri-Track Open Modified Series? That's correct. Yep. There's a big weekend there. I mean, Yeah, I think they had 51 cars take time I mean, for the Tri-Track race. I mean, it was a, a who's who event. Uh, there was at least, you know, 40 to 45 cars that could win races on the regular um you probably haven't seen an event of that magnitude since at least the 1980s maybe 90s but yeah nothing has been anything like a bigger as far as an all-star event as a collaborative as amount of talent that was there as for asphalt modified racing this literally was an all-star race like any name that's sat in the seat of of asphalt modified and has been relevant in the last decade plus was in this race. 
It was crazy to watch. Yeah, just badasses. I mean, Ryan Ryan Priest had to run the cup race the next day, and he still came out and ran this race. It was insane. There was a lot in Texas. Yeah, he had to go to Texas that night, which we'll get into it later. But um, yeah, I ran. Um, The people who showed up were pretty much exactly what I expected. Uh, I figured that Fuller wouldn't be there because she's in a modified. I'd heard Robinson wouldn't be there. Whatever. You know, he won the title. He can take a night off, do whatever he wants, which is exactly what I would do. Uh, But, yeah, I didn't expect any more cars or less cars. It was a little bit lower than normal car count, but when you don't have a points event, you're going to expect that anyway. But Stafford did bring up the purse a little bit, so it did attract people to come in and race. Uh, Luckily... You know, we were trying a bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm trying to... F- I, I don't know what easy way it is to say it, but I feel like I'm kind of behind on setup, and I want to try to get back forward, and I've just been experimenting my ass off for, like, the better part of three years to try to get back up to the front. I think we're finally starting to make some headway. I learned a bunch this race as well, but we um, we didn't do too bad. I actually had breaks. I'm still not 100% happy with it, but that's probably... A failure on my end more than yeah. it is a part failure. Um, again, we tried some setup stuff. It was pretty good. Uh, I went out in the heat race and uh, practiced on junk tires, and I'm like, these are kind of crap. So we put better tires on, and they were pretty much the same size, but I think they were just a little bit too far off, and it probably tightened the car up too much for the feature. But, you know, feature was good. Um, I know a couple guys got wrecked in the back a little bit early on but um sucks for them but we were pretty good uh pretty neutral good moving forward just you know inches at a time but uh getting towards the end it started to fall off the wheels for us because uh we had a couple restarts and uh i had the lower gear package in the car or is that higher gear how do they how do they justify that i forget what they classify gears as high or low i think it's opposite of what you think but whatever. I think the lower gear is the tall, or the lower number is a taller gear. I think is how it's classified. Yeah, I think I'm just kind of getting into semantics and splitting hairs here. But yeah. um, so I had a that low pack- ratio, or, or it's, it's about rear end gear ratio. That's all. I had the lower ratio in, right? Not the higher ratio because yes. they give you two gear packages. But anyway, I had that, and so I was shifting on restarts and traffic, and at the end of the race. After, what, three, four races, I finally missed a shift, which I shouldn't have missed, but I had the clutch pedal on the floor, and I pulled it into third nice and smooth, and it just ground. It was too high. Yeah, I probably just revved it up too high. I didn't even think I revved it up that high, but I looked at the GoPro in my car, and it said 5,700, and I'm like, yeah, probably didn't like that much. Yeah, You can't rev those commie motors too high. They just revolt. It's not the motor's fault that the the, uh, transmission synchro didn't work. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is, because the engine speed is too high. No. This is too high. <laughs> Comrade, we must take over and revolt. Take a drink. Take a drink. Thank you. God damn it. Yeah, I'll be we drunk by the end of this. <sighs> For those not paying attention off air, we actually started a drinking game, so that when every time Jesse calls somebody a communist or says the word communist or makes a reference to communism, excuse me, communism, we take a drink. And luckily, I am drinking milk, so I'll be good tonight. <laughs> I am going to be sleeping in the buddy's room. <laughs> He's going to be passed out on the floor that looks like a uh, road map mm-hmm. with all the matchbox I'm be cars. Sleeping here mm-hmm. <laughs> on the couch. 
But, you know, I finally missed a shift. Again, I had my clutch pedal on the floor, pulled it into gear, nothing. It ground. I'm like, God damn it. So I just, like, waited for the synchros to mesh up and yanked it back into gear. And by then I lost a spot or two, and I'm like, damn it. I managed to make one of the spots back up before we had another caution. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm not shifting anymore. Screw it. I'll just bog it off the line. And I tried that. And the damn thing spun the rear tires. <laughs> I'm like, what? I can't buy a brake right now. It didn't just spin the right rear. It spun both the rear tires, and I did not. Well, what about the other that. two restarts before, where you like, were like, at least a bus length behind the guy in front of you? What happened? I had to shift. Well, what happened <laughs> with them? How come they shifted? Well, it's easy to say that from the grandstands, but on the racetrack, well, yeah you can't see the leader from where they restart. So you can't just like spy out of the corner of your eye when the leader goes. So you're basically guessing. Why don't you just mash the guy in front of you, use him as a brake? Because they'll scream at me on the radio or penalize me. Oh, they won't penalize you. Tapley will penalize you for pushing on the restarts. Trust me, he's done it before. (laughs) I know the rules, kids. Uh, I've been yelled at before for it at Thompson. At Thompson... And other racetracks, you can spy around the corner and kind of get a look at where the leader is and kind of take off when they go. But at Stafford, you're so it's it's weird because there's no banking and there's you're right behind you know the car in front of you. So when the leader goes, you're trying to anticipate it, and if you get it wrong, then you're screwed, and it it really kind of sucks. But so I spun the tires on the restart, and that sucked. But luckily, that restart got called back, and then the subsequent lap where we started again, I just rolled to the throttle. And yeah, I lost like a a half a car length or so, but at least I didn't lose a spot, and I actually didn't spin the tires, which is weird because when you're trying trying to restart at like 2,500 RPMs and you spin the tires, that's really kind of takes you off guard. It's like it's the one thing I didn't expect to happen. You floor it, and it freaking spins the tires from like idle. I'm like, how the hell did that happen? I didn't expect that, but yeah, we I managed to make up a little ground on the last couple laps, and we ended up with our first top five of the year, and uh, my first top five at Stafford, which is really cool. Um, we improved every single race we showed up, and we finished ahead of our starting spot every single race as well. So I consider that a success. Excellent job, comrade. You may now eat food. God damn it. Drink. How, how many races did you run there this year? I think it was four. Uh, the first race I finished 11th, and then 9th, then 7th, and then 4th. Not uh, bad. Yeah, I mean, I was up to 4th one race, and again, I had stagger issues or something with the rear end of the car. It felt like I had a flat tire and spun out, but I talked about that earlier. Um but yeah, I mean, we were we we were kind of honing in on it, and I, you know, I I did have one little run in with uh, Travis Hydar, who dive bombed me in turn three and absolutely stuffed the left side of my car up uh, for fourth or fifth, I forget. Um, I got him back down the front straight away, and I know people were like, "Why weren't you more mad?" I'm like, "Well, here's the thing. Number one, you were slowing in the way." A little bit, yeah. I know he was <laughs> no, a. He, I felt like he was, he was a little bit quicker than no, me because he, was he definitely did, fastest he, car in a racetrack. He did get by me and he did go away. Yeah, but that move was uncalled for. But yeah, it was. It was, I, but he didn't. I, I drove into him going down the straightaway to show him that I was displeased, 
And it's not like I'm going to go down into the corner and just completely stove his rear bumper in or cut a tire down or whatever. I know people who work on his team. A uh, person I respect a great deal, Ernie LaRose, he works on that car. And the first person to my car to apologize was Ernie. And I'm like, you know what? There's no point in me going, you know, ape shit over someone just kind of being a little over aggressive and driving into me and moving me out of the way. And it's like, you know, I've always, I always harp on it here. I said, if you're going to drive like that, number one, expect to get it back when it comes time for you to get it back. And number two, if you're faster than somebody, you better drive away. You know what I mean? If you're going to do that. And Ernie knows that. And he conveyed the message and Travis came over and talked to me and it was fine. You know, I, it was racing and, you know, a little over aggressive, but he'll learn and, you know, it, again, I always harp on this. I think every single episode I've said it. You go to races, you don't go there to make friends, but you don't go to make enemies. And, you know, you didn't make an enemy out of me. But, again, you never know who you're going to go up against. If you're racing against somebody you never raced against before and you pull that move on them, you never know if they're one of those guys who can flip a switch and just completely junk you in the next corner. So you got to be careful sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't know who you're dealing with sometimes. Yeah, that was just a racing move. Yeah. That bad. I mean, Watching it live down here, the only problem I had with that whole deal was that I know he's better than that. He's yeah. a really, really good driver and has a big future ahead of him if he keeps his head screwed on straight. And I told him that. I like the kid a lot. I've raced with him. We always raced clean. Never had a problem. He was collateral damage in another incident I had with the 23 car of Grandpa Corda, but that's another story. Um, I just, like you said, you never know who you're racing against, and as he moves up, people are going to tolerate stuff like that less, so he needs to just be mindful of that and get it out of his system now. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I'm on foreign lands, and I'm racing a track that I'm not, you know, too acclimated with, with people I don't know too well. So I really kind of kept my nose clean as much as possible. I mean, I still made bumps and, you know, bruises here and there, and I made passes, but I didn't. And they're going to take advantage of that. You know, you're going to get chopped more. Yeah. You're going to get roughed up a little more because you're kind of an outsider. So it's going to happen until you almost have to, like, you have to, like, earn your stripes again, which is, it's almost like starting over, basically. Yeah, and I mean, I think I, I, I think I turned some heads. I mean, Ernie himself told me, you know, a lot of these guys who didn't come from Waterford, who came straight from Thompson, didn't do a hell of a lot, except for you. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I take that as a big compliment. I mean, we're we worked pretty hard. Again, if we come and we improve our position every single time we finish, and not only that, we're not starting up front. We're starting mid pack or in the back every single time. And I had to pass cars every single race. We got water for lineage. Yeah, a little bit. It's not easy to pass cars there. No, it's not. You you basically you got to try to get the drive off, and then you basically get a nose under someone, and then when they come down, you basically hold your spot. You know, that's... you would have had fun when it was still fifteen laps. Oh God! No, I mean twenty. Terrible. What's funny is like twenty laps up there. It it goes really quick to me. Honestly, it feels really quick. Like at Thompson. We have 20 laps, and we'll be, like, six laps in, and I'll be looking at the scoreboard after, like, two or three yellows. and Like, what are we doing, man? You know, it takes forever. Or, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the fucking worst. Oh, be leading and have caution after caution after caution? Yeah, yep. tell, tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah, Jesse and uh, Waterman got into a pissing match when I was leading the Bud 150 in 2017. That was fun. So- Sorry, Brent. <laughs> Damn it, Jesse. Sorry, I just get tired of memes. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no, I had a great time at Stafford. It was a fun racetrack. I learned a lot. I think I picked up a few uh, setup hints on my race car and uh, about some things that maybe I didn't really realize was happening to the car at Thompson, just, you know, set up dynamic stuff. And it's, it was kind of eye opening. It was interesting. Um, but I'll announce it right here. I don't really think I'm going to be back. Uh, maybe I will take advantage of a big money race or an extra distance feature in the future or something. I don't know. But if Thompson comes back with seven to 10 races, I'm probably going to go back to Thompson because of what I've heard from the new staff that are running the show with uh, the ACT and pass promoters, uh, Curly and Mayberry. I, I just really am interested in going back. So, plus I think the rules packages are, are eh, kind of coming towards what, what I've already paid for. So it's like, well, if I can go home and not have to buy parts, that would be great. So I, I'm looking forward not to that. Not be on so. a Friday night. That's a tough part. Yeah, like I said, seven to ten races with my schedule really kind of fits me because I don't have to. If they stick to some Sundays, that would be really nice because then I wouldn't actually have to take days off to go to race, which I do now anyway. But it's also a, a shorter drive, and I have a hell of a lot more equipment and tires for that track. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what next year holds. Um, you know, the fire still burns, and I want to, you know, I want to get back out there. So we'll see what happens fire rises so speak we might as well finish up the stafford results uh i don't think we figured out any others other than my own um so for this for that street stock race uh frank letwald came down with his i think second win in the row to end the season mm-hmm. yep. um yeah they really they turned that car around handling wise and everything towards the end of the year and mm-hmm. not only that i think he picked up at least what two or three wins towards the end of the year yeah it was rocket ship yeah he, he picked it good. up quick uh, SK Lights, there were so many of these kids in the field, I had no idea who was who. I didn't get to see that race. I was too busy. <laughs> I didn't see there was, much of it. So. There was like three Chapman brothers, and two of them were 1-2, and then I'd, I don't I, it, I don't know which one's which, but Tyler, I think, is the one who won. Uh, I believe that was his first win on the half mile at Stafford because I believe he ran carts on the infield and he on the Monday night show, and he picked up his first big car win. Uh Saturday night. I keep wanting to say Friday night, but it was Saturday. And then the Tri-Track Open Modified Series race. Now, they ran, uh, let's see, they had, like, how many, like, two Concies and a B main? Five heats, two Concies, a B feature, and an A. Yeah. 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 With, um, yeah, with, I think there was, like, uh, two two cars coming out of the B main or something. Yeah, two, two yep. came out of the B, but I don't know how many came out of the Concies. Yeah, there was. Well, the I, ones that came out of the Concy made the B. The top four from each Concy came out. Yeah, to to the B main, and then run the B main to try to make the show. But, yeah, it was um, the, yeah, the top four out of each. No, the top four out of each Concy transferred to the feature. Then the top two out of the B feature went to the main. I have no idea how that worked. Because I'm I'm looking at the Concy results right now, and. Uh, 
Andy Jankowiak finished fourth in Conti number two, and he was in the A main. Okay. And there was also promoters options and provisionals as well. Uh, right. So there's also – I don't know which one was which, unfortunately. Um, but I was too busy filming with, with Foster, and I didn't really pay attention. Um, we were doing the – we did the – Stan Mertz had contacted Sid and wanted to do a promotional shoot. Uh, to see what was going on during the biggest race of the year, maybe even the decade, and maybe turn it around, make it look good, and maybe attract some sponsors. What the heck, you know? Yeah, he just bought yeah, a new. He just bought a new. Real quick. Yeah, he just bought a new track. You know, he bought a new car hauler. You know, practically, he needs to pay that thing off. You know. So uh, let me uh, tell you something. The I saw the in car footage. Uh, was said they all the cameras made it. Number one. Which we haven't even shocking. talked about what was happening. And number two, but, everyone knows what's happening. Yeah, we. Every, if you don't know what we're talking about with Woody Pitcat in the tri track race, then go go to YouTube and look up uh, Vault Productions page and go check out their new video with Woody. Uh, the teaser video, I should say. Yeah, that's not even. I don't even know if that's even the best shot. It's maybe the most cleared, so you can see what's going on. But all the like I said, the all the cameras video. have made it. And the rest of the footage is well Emmy worthy. Did phenomenal. you catch that? I caught the whole thing on my camera. I was standing on the uh, that's all jersey I needed barriers. to know. <laughs> I caught it on my camera with the jersey barrier. I probably got a better shot than Stafford t- Speedway TV. They can go shit in their hat. I had the best shot. Well, you were standing literally right where it happened. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I was on the jersey barrier, uh, balancing on it like a tightrope walker going around in circles filming Woody and then filming the crew and then go back to Woody and that's because you know I used to be a uh I was a, I was a gymnast back in the day no you weren't no I wasn't but <laughs> so so Jesse but let the, me anyway, ask you this then from it, what you saw amazing. did Dave Grampienza have a gas break confusion moment there is that what happened Think he had a, I think he had a little bit of that and some steering issue because you know the, the combination of gas, too much gas, not enough brake, and the front tire sliding towards the wall like they weren't there. Yeah, and, the, the yellow was already out. I have no idea what the hell he was doing. I'm not sure. It should have been out probably beforehand because that wreck. I was when I watched it. It started from the start finish line. I think Goodale missed a shift or something broke or, or something. There was yeah because this car just wouldn't get in the gear and get out of gear. And Woody's trying no, not to ruin. He's not. Doug, Co- Doug Kobe actually broke a drive flange on the right rear. I believe it was. Yeah. And when he went to go put down the power, the car just started squirming all over the place. Yeah, and then and I it think bottled the whole field up. Yeah, and then you know something. I think when. Something happened to Goodale. He got hit, and the car just stopped pretty much in its tracks, you know. And and Woody's trying not to run anybody over. He's he's he was just made a pit stop, and you know he he knows there's sixty to go, and he just got ran the fuck over. Originally, they thought that McKennedy did it, but it wasn't McKennedy at all. It was a uh, uh, thirty six and just a room that came out. Yeah, it, from where I was looking, it looked like they started wrecking at the start finish line. It didn't stop wrecking until they got to the back stretch. Yeah, you could see. Uh, yeah, they just it just kept going, so I just filmed it, and uh, yeah, the, the fuel was coming out. You could see the fuel in the in car camera coming out. <laughs> it's pretty gnarly. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah emptying the bowl out of the uh, yeah, both, emptying both the bowl, the and you could see Woody get out of the side through the through the passenger side. And if he was a much fatter man like myself, we could have been burned crispy. If it caught fire, I'm impressed that he was able to get out that quickly. Yeah, he was very yeah. He didn't play around. Well, when something's on yeah. its side, it's just a straight shot if you stand up. <laughs> I mean, you should see him. Yeah, when you it's... see the driver cam, the driver cam is probably the most amazing because you could see everything that's going on. Sparks are flying. The wheel is trying to rip his his wrists apart, and uh, and everything. But but Woody had let go by that time, and you could see him. For the most you could part. see everything reacting. And if you slow down, you could probably see him shut his eyes and you know sit through it and everything it's just absolutely fascinating absolutely amazing yeah you can see the look on his eyes it's pretty amazing you wait, to watch. You wait till december when that comes out that is gonna be something to see and, and i hate it because i really wanted to see the thrill of victory i wanted to see more because if that reveal you know it would have been more work for us if it was if if he had won the race and, and sid makes it look real cool and and badass, oh, and they can get some more sponsors, and then it's like, okay, well, now we got some work ahead of us because everybody else wants to make it look cool. No one wants to see their wrecked race car look cool. I mean, yeah, it's cool for prosperity and whatnot, but... The, the, yeah. the thing that sucks the most about that whole thing, though, is the Mertz team. Stan Mertz is a great guy. Real he nice operates guy. that team on a very, very small budget compared to everybody else. So that to see that car in that situation and know the amount of damage that they probably have right. on that thing is devastating they, for that team. And they busted their ass all day long. I'm not even kidding. Like so, Woody was, Woody was on the wrenches and everything and, and, and Woody, everything. Woody is very hands on. Very hands on. For him for that. Fatality. So I want to borrow a line from the 1970s. If that's corny. So you wanted to capture the thrill of victory, but you caught the agony of defeat. Yes. Okay. These nuts. Ouch. What was that? <laughs> These nuts. <laughs> God. <laughs> that was these nuts. <laughs> well played. Well played. Uh. So anyway, I know that uh, Ryan Priest left very uh, unhappy, as well as Doug Kobe. <laughs> he was not happy um, at all. With we pit next to Ryan with one of Di Matteo's, and I believe Di Matteo did not make it to the end of the race. Which I I don't no, know because he was parked. Yeah, he, I guess he, was he got parked. parked. Yeah, he was parked rightfully for that. so. That was the biggest hack move I've ever seen. And I guess Ryan's car was parked on the wrecker, so he went in driver's side a lot, real hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily he got rained out yesterday and today, so he can kind of ice them bruises, probably. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Chase Dowling in that brand new car came away with the Dude. win. That car is not only beautiful, but incredibly fast. You should have seen that thing come off the corner. Holy shit. I bet shit. it drove like a, well, I can't use that euphemism anymore. It looked like he had nitrous on it when he came out of the corner. I mean, the thing just took off like a shot. I know that ripped it and ripped it. Copsick, too, for setting that thing up. Oh, I know those guys that, rifle. I think they're called TFR now. But I know that yeah. they've they've really stepped up their shock program. I'm pretty sure. So, they, I think they've really started to hit on a lot of really good stuff. So I'm I'm actually excited to see what they got in store for the future. All right. Well, like I, like I just said too, Stephen Kopsick, who usually drives the 21 SK on Friday nights, he's the crew chief. 
he set that car up. Mm-hmm. Mm. That kid yeah. is oh, yeah. smart for his age. Yeah, smart period. If you are passionate about something the way he is and you, you want to do it, then you're going to pay attention to it and you're going to learn as much as you possibly can. Anything that interests you, you're going to want to learn as much about as you can. So that's what he's doing, and that's why he's so good at it. Again, that's probably why I sucked at school so much because school was boring to me. But you if go you put look- me in a race car, I'll learn everything there is about it. So, yeah, I mean, they're putting in a lot of really hard work, and that's showing. So If you love your job, you'll never have to work again. Yeah, well, they say that, but it's still hard work. So, have you guys... Unless you have to do someone else's job. Yeah, luckily I don't have to do that. So, <laughs> I am union... I do every day. I am union and government, so <laughs> if it's not my job, I don't do See, it. See, I'm just union. The <laughs> <laughs> who... So you guys have heard about the the Waterford. Let's shift gears here. The Waterford. You guys have heard about this uh, Halloween event that's happening at Waterford, correct? It will be like a family fun night type of deal. Probably demo derbies, trailer races, enduros, like street the old stock Halloween hall, and the first annual street stock nationals. I know it's inaugural. Thank you. First I, I understand. I said first annual. Blogger boy, just like. Yeah, shit. It had an aneurysm. <laughs> Somebody check Fuck on Blogger Boy, please. <laughs> yeah. His uh, ears are ringing because I'm sure he doesn't uh, listen to this shit. First but, annual. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I read these rules for this street stock nationals event that they want to have at Waterford. And I looked at them and I'm like, hmm, this sounds an awful lot like a lot of the rules up at New Hampshire area for cars. And then I look at the tire rule. Now, this is what got me. They're mandating a Hoosier 790 tire, which I don't think that's I don't think that's changed, has it? I keep reading the rules and I haven't seen it change yet. Yeah, it was it was originally 700, and then it was a 790 or an American Racer originally. Yeah, now it's a 790, I think. Only. And if, yeah, and if you had a 790 or an American Racer run up against a 700, you got your ass blown out of the water. Well, yeah, anything against a 700 down here, you'll get your ass you know beat. Um, but I saw these rules, right? And I'm like, wait a minute. Why are they allowing... They have two different divisions of street stocks racing at this track. None of them race this tire. I've pulled the rules up here. Let's see. Tires. Hoosier 790 is the only approved tire for this weekend. This was posted four days ago, and it has it's pinned to the top of the page on their Facebook page, and it has yep. not been altered. So, yeah, Hoosier 790 only. They don't run any Hoosier tires at the Speed Bowl in their street stock divisions because they allowed the open street stocks, which are technically the Seekonk street stocks or sportsmen, whatever they call them there, to run, but they run on the Seekonk tires, which is a American Racer 705. And funnily enough, the American Racer 705 that they run is actually a little different than, say, the old Thompson and current Waterford 705-706. It's kind of weird. I you know, just different tread pattern and yeah, right. Are so, they running the two thirty five instead of the two twenty five? Is that what it is? It I might, think, yeah. I think yeah. it's just a different tire size. Um, gotcha. But neither division at Waterford that ran all year long, well, however long the season was, has legal tires to run at a street stock race that Waterford is trying to put on. So. Wait, that doesn't no, that doesn't make sense to me. Why would you run an event for 
a division that's legal at your track all year long. And then for this one event, say, nah, you got to buy new tires. I'll tell you why they're doing it. Uh, go that's ahead. how they're paying the purse. They probably got Hoosier to work a deal like they did at the 10K races at Seekonk, where it turns it into a mandatory tire purchase. A certain amount from the tire purchase goes into the purse, as well as the registration fee, and that's how they're paying the purse. So now these guys who race street stocks are going to end up with a set and a half of tires that they'll never use again. Is that good? Yes, then you're showing up to race and spend $1,000 to win $500. So how do they figure they're going to get the car counts to pay that purse? I wouldn't show up. I'm but not. I don't want that. And you don't want that. I, I give them credit for trying to bring back something that essentially is what they used to run with the old, uh, what was it, the street stock championship race or whatever at the end of the year where they had a big race. But they're doing it wrong. Let me Let me be honest with you. Waterford, no matter who has run the place, cannot freaking figure out how to run a big money low division show every time they've done it they've screwed it up like they ran i think it was a sponsored event i forget what i forget who did it but they did mini stocks and street stocks like mid-season they had a big money show and they left it open rules it's like, okay, so you're basically telling the guys who race at the track all year long and it's their home track, hey, by the way, we're going to have a big money race, but we're going to leave the rules open so anybody who comes from the north who has a much better car is going to come smoke you so you don't have a chance at winning the money at your home track. I am evil Homer. I am evil Homer. I <laughs> Boy, I like, have something to say. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense at all. Like, seriously, it just does not make sense. Like, why? No, not at all. And, and when you're looking at these rules, and I just don't understand what they were thinking in general. Like, why would you have a division that's legal at the track and then tell them, by the way, your car as it sits is not going to be competitive because we changed the rules completely to allow other people to come race here? Well, here's the way I look at it. The Waterford Speed Bowl, Thompson Speedway, and Stafford Motor Speedway street stocks are all fairly close at this point. Yeah, I mean, the, the I think Find that... the way to get a common middle ground and target those cars. Yeah, I mean, why would you put on a, a big dollar race... And then essentially exclude the people who race at your track. I do not get it. It doesn't make sense. It's just dumb. And here's the kicker, and I've saved this for last. They put out a set of rules first that included different tires. So guys went out and they bought the best tires that were on that list. And then they took them off the list. I'm sorry, but come on. Like I'm like smashing my head against the wall here. Since I don't have to worry about getting DQ'd by them anytime soon, I'll call Joe D out right now. That is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. I mean, don't number one, don't put rules out until you actually have them finalized. Number two, why exclude the guys who support your track all year long? Come on. 
The, the show should be for the Connecticut tracks to for the street stocks in Connecticut to come run. I mean, if and you're going to look honestly, at it, right? I think a 50 lapper is stupid too. Make it a hundred lapper. Make it a real fucking race. These cars probably won't make it a hundred laps. Their brakes, the way the brakes are set up in these cars, the racing number one, it probably won't be very good. But number two, um, you're going to just waste then, then them. Split it into segments. I could, but again, a hundred laps in these cars is a long time. I mean, in a modified, you're clicking off fast lap times. These guys aren't really clicking off fast lap times. A fifty lap sportsman race is equivalent to a hundred laps, you know, modified race on time alone. I mean. Let's be they, fair. They could do it similar to what they're doing down here this weekend at Citrus County Speedway. They got a, It's a 99-lap race. It's split into three segments. You start the first segment heads up off of the heat races. You start the second segment inverted completely from the feature uh, from the first segment. The, I mean, the the kicker is if you want to start well in the third segment, you can't sandbag in the second segment because it's based off of lap times. Yeah. But, and it's the fastest lap time is how you start the third segment. Yeah. So split it up, give them breaks, run another feature in between, give them some time to adjust on their cars, but make it a real race, make it something interesting. Yeah. But here's the thing that I don't like about that is that we tried goofy stage shit before and we got completely fucked because of it at Thompson. I mean, don't bring it up, you know, with us. But uh, anybody who remembers that knows that we got royally screwed by that. Why not just make it 50 laps and that's it? Just whoever wins. But why why make the rules so, like, convoluted and different? Why exclude the local guys for in favor of trying to bring someone new in? It's just dumb. They've already had the Seekonk guys there all year, and I think that's great that, that Waterford did that by allowing them a place to race. Which is Not nice. only the, the Seekonk street stock guys, but the, the sport trucks. Yeah. But focus on the guys that are going to support you next year. Yeah. Again, Because all the Seekonk guys are going to go back to Seekonk next year when when the, the, the pandemic goes away. I mean, again, I think the the whole heart of the matter is this. It's that Waterford and pretty much every other track around here, whenever they try to put an open show together, or whenever they try to put a big dollar lower division show together, they always cater to the people who don't race there, and it's stupid. They're like DirecTV charging $99 for New Year's. Is then when you become an old user, your rates get jacked up. By double. By double. Oh, you're, you're, you've been with us? Ah, fuck you. I think it's, this is almost as bad a decision as when they decided to allow the truck series trucks to run with the street stocks at Thompson for the open race uh, at the <laughs> World Series a couple years ago. I thought you were going to go way in the wayback machine and say and say trucks with the late models and call it the American what the hell is it called series? Just oh God, two thousand five. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> American I was, Challenge I was Series. There it is. Happened, yeah. But I did hear about that. Yeah, the American Challenge Series. That's what it was. Sid would have been all over that one. He would have known. What yeah, it was. that which was that series was kind of <laughs> effed up because he, the late model guys couldn't see past the truck guys. You know <laughs> exactly. The panels and everything were all screwed up. Okay, I got to stop this right here. It's the day after we recorded. And I have to edit this in because this it, I wouldn't do it do justice if I didn't. The Speed Bowl released another 
new rules package, citing that the American Racer 705 and 706 that the normal uh, street stock division was racing on this year is now legal, as well as the Seekonk 705 and the Hoosier 790. So now if you go and look at the rules, they've changed them to include those, but changing it last minute is still a pretty dumb move, honestly. But, I mean, at least they did it. At least now it's legal, so um, we can get back to the remainder of the program. But I did want to add that in to let everybody know that it has changed. So back to our regularly scheduled program. All right, I think that we've harped on this long enough. I think we've definitely driven our point home. Um, so why don't we go through a few of the winners? Because Waterford had their finale this weekend. They had a bunch of different divisions. So their finale, finale, finale for pretty much every division except for street stocks. Yep. All right. So Saturday they ran features and the, and the TQ midgets, which looked pretty cool with wings on them. I'll be fair. Uh, Joey Bailey won that race. Um. Granite State Pro Stock Series. Joey Pohl picked up that way, and that was an exciting finish to that race. That was a good race to watch. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, sport Trucks, Michael Du... I can't pronounce his last name. Duarte? Duarte. Is that what it is? Duarte. Duarte. All right, so Michael Duarte won. I'm going to go with that pronunciation. I'm sorry if I... Uh-huh, completely... uh-huh. Okay. I'm com- sorry if I completely butcher you on that one. Uh, Nima's Avery Store won. Pro 4 Modifieds. I'm just going to do the big guys. Uh, Doug Meservi won. Uh, Speedball Trucks. Andrew Morin picked up that win. Legends Cards. i got to give a special shout-out to him. Corey Fanning picked up that win. It's his first season running these cars. He he self-admittedly said that he didn't know the first thing about these cars when he started racing them. (laughs) And he – it's a – you know, I've seen the kid race at, like, Lee and Seekonk and Thompson and Waterford. And let's be fair, he's won at all of them in different cars. This is true. He's He's got no budget, but he's a good racer. He's he not a one-track jack, that's for sure. Yeah. Open Street Stocks. Adam Petty won again. He's been pretty uh, killer in those cars. Oh, yeah. That was a great show, too. Yeah. Um and on set, I'm, I'm sure that I'm forgetting somebody here, like a division. But I'm again, I'm going off race monitor and social media, so who knows how reliable that is. Nema Lights, Jake Trainer picked up that win. Now, we've mentioned the Nemas a couple times, and this brings up a good discussion point. Now, Nema flagger Craig Merriman, nice guy, I like Craig, uh, was struck with a piece of the track or a rock from the infield. They got kicked up from a car going in the infield. I noticed uh, on his, he posted a video from, he had like a, a GoPro on his head, and he posted a video of it, and you saw a car go through the infield. So I wonder if it was a rock from the infield. Um, got kicked up on the track, and then a car hit it, and it flew up into the flag stand, and it hit him in the leg, and he broke two bones in his ankle and got a big, deep cut in his leg, and it took him right out. I mean, it took him down. It took him a few seconds to get back up and just throw the caution flag just so they could get an ambulance over to him because he was hurting unit. And um, they had guys get up to the flag stands from the uh, grandstands pretty quick to come help him out. But, yeah, um, I think that's going to be a good discussion for, I think, every local track. That Phil, you had a great idea where you could take the lower part of the, f- the fence – and essentially um just encapsulate the lower you know everything above the the bar the the top rail of the flag stand 
encapsulate it, protect the guy. Like a chicken wire fence or just some kind of fencing or even plexiglass. Yeah. Not even plexiglass because plexiglass shatters. From, but. from my understanding, too, uh, the speedball's already taken care of that. Okay. Yeah. So just, I, I've heard if, a couple of people say that at, after the races on Sunday or maybe during the races, during after the races on Saturday night, they put fencing up there. I honestly didn't notice. I was I was watching on my phone all day Saturday uh, Sunday because I wasn't home. Again, personally, I don't think a chain link fence or something would be good enough. I think a sturdy piece of Lexan or, you know, some kind of really fine uh, mesh, but like thicker fencing would be good there. I mean, anything, I mean, small little pebbles are going to hurt. Small chunks of rubber are going to hurt. But this was a chunk of like rock or something that was as big as like your fist or bigger. I mean, this thing got kicked up and it almost wiped him out. I mean, We've had instances at not only Waterford but other places where there have been very close calls with flaggers getting taken out. And I remember uh, Rich Keeter almost getting his head taken off by a wheel and hub assembly from, I think it was Craig Lutz. Uh, even with the wheel tethers on the modified, it ripped the wheel tethers off and Keeter dove for his life to try to save himself. Um, and I remember Billy Roberts getting hit by the fender off of a Legends car. It didn't really... Didn't really wipe him out, but he did get whacked by one after two guys wrecked right underneath him. So I think it's going to bring up the discussion of, I know Thompson has their flag stand uh, completely blocked off. I mean, it's like a capsule. But Yeah, it's all three-quarter ply. But I think you're going to start seeing flaggers using full-face helmets. I think it's just a smart idea. I mean, you see upper-level NASCAR doing it. And after you saw this last uh, Saturday night where Craig got taken out by that rock, I mean, they, let's be fair. The Waterford flag stand is not that close to the racetrack. It's up pretty good. And that piece, if that piece of rock came up and hit him in the side of the head, cool. I don't even want to think or about a fan what could have Or a fan. Out. Yeah. You know, it would have been, it been game over. I mean, it is Connecticut, you know. Uh, there are more rocks than the you Sumi know, State. Eight. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing here but stones. And, I mean, again, I really think that we're going to start seeing the conversation happen where we start putting full-face helmets on our flaggers and uh, and maybe turn or corner officials because that was an eye-opener. And it, it's it's unfortunate that it happened to Craig. It, happened to a nicer, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Like, he's just a super dude. Um, but again, I think this is, this is the wake up call and I think we should probably do something to protect these guys. So. Yeah. It, well, it's a, it's a, you got to encapsulate the lower part of the flag stands. Lula made baby boy. Hey, look up at me. He said, Pete, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> I said, Bubba, they ain't there. I looked down, and them little bloody nubs was kicking real fast like this here. And I said, Bubba, it's 35 to the next town. Unless you Kill can it. flip upside down and fuck on your head, you ain't going to make it. Man, that's a long way to go for a joke. I, I was going to say, but it's funny, though. <laughs> Can't feel my legs. Yeah, tell Craig that. Jesus Christ, now he's sitting there on his couch with his leg up instead of jogging to stay in shape. <laughs> Like, yeah, is he a marathon runner? I heard he's mm. a runner. Yeah, 
I think he. I think he's on the Waterford Town Council. I think he runs. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's a very active dude. Well, he's going to have to do some more pull-ups if he wants to, you know, get a leg up on the com- competition. <laughs> Come on, get the guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll we'll donate a hand bike so he can get cardio done. I don't care. <laughs> He, he was cracking jokes on his Facebook page today, so at least he's he's in good spirits. It could have been a lot worse, but you know what? Again, I think this is going to really open up the conversation that we should probably put helmets on these guys because that was that could have been really bad, and we can prevent it in the future if we do it now. I know, you know, it's it's not the hardo thing yeah. to do, but listen, I don't want to get hit in the head yeah, by you a. You got rock any that Walking big. Dead fans out there? Good gravy! Get hit in the head with one of those, you end up like Glenn going, Maggie. I, I will find you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you just sound like Homer? Because because that's how he sounded on The Walking Dead. He ended up retarded. He kind of looks like Homer. I mean, the buzz, <laughs> his eye fell out and everything once he got hit in the head with a baseball bat. Yeah. So Waterford on Sunday, they ran their, the rest of their features for the big five, we'll call them. Uh, let's see. this. <clears throat> They started off with the mini stocks, and Mark Panaroni redeemed himself and won his fifth of the year. I'm pretty sure it was his fifth. But I, he must have been listening to the show where we were so disappointed in him for not winning every race he started. So, yeah. Mark Macaroni, you've redeemed yourself. Congratulations. Five out of six, baby. There you go. Good That's job, al dente. Macaroni. Good job, Mark uh, Stromboli. Nice job. Holy Doug- cannoli. Got to give a special shout out to our friend Doug Curry. Douglas, you did it, buddy. Champion in the mini stocks, two years in a row in two different racetracks. Very nicely done. We've been hating on you for the last couple weeks. Who says uh, we were hating on him? Oh, oh, (laughs) Douglas is not feeling the love right now. But why not? Oh, you just ask him. But anyway, finish better. He could feel the. He's feeling the love now, baby. Go get, good job, I say Douglas. That. Yeah, I say that, and I can't finish in the top five to save my life. Anyway. Good job, Doug. No, I thought it was cool. He took the uh, 46 car and gave Garside the bogey, gave him the two car, so everybody tried to wreck that, and he could just kind of sneak around. That was a good tactic. I liked it. There you go. Because he hadn't touched that car all year, and Chris drove it, and they swapped it for the last race. <laughs> I was like, that's a smart move, considering last year, where they all wrecked uh, RC3 instead of him. Because they all thought that he was in the other car, so good tactic. That's battle strategy right there. Uh, let's see. Who moving on? Street stocks. Jason Chikolis won. I think two that, in a row. Yeah, I think that was two in a row. Uh, yeah, Sean, that's impressive. It is. Sean Monahan was crowned the champion there as well. Uh, SK Lights. Robert Bloxham won. I think that's at least his second win of the year there. And uh, we had already mentioned that Wayne Burroughs had locked up the title one race early. So congrats to them and uh, him and Tommy Sr. put that car together, and that's a really good job by those guys. Late models, Seekonk, I think this is Seekonk boy, uh, Derek Gluchaki. I think that's his name. I can't pronounce it. I suck at pronouncing. Derek, Derek raced at Thompson a bit, but I don't know where he came from. I, I know he did some drifting for a while, but uh, he uh... – I wasn't too excited about the move he made to take the win, but uh, it was pretty fun to watch. Hmm. I didn't watch it, obviously. I was not... He, he kind of drove through the leader in the last corner to, to take the win. Yeah. Well... It was it was a little rough. Yeah. But at the end of the day, <laughs> when your name's in the record books, no one else, no one really knows how you won, that you're just there. Hmm. 
like I said, if you do it, expect it to be done to you and can't complain. But Jason yeah. Jason Palmer was crowned the champion in that division. SK Modifieds, Keith Rocco came down and won that race. And Timmy Jordan, Timmy Stock, was crowned SK Modified champion. That was a long time coming for him. He'd been struggling he'd been struggling in these cars valiantly for years on end. They got their stuff together this year and just flat out put it together. So why are you sniffing my marker? Get give me that. Oh my god, it smells so good. Couldn't happen to a better guy either. He's yeah, good. I am a big fan of Timmy. Good job, guys. Very, very nicely done. And he's in that, you know, TFR LFR camp that um Chase Dowling and uh the guy you just mentioned, his crew chief. God damn it. Oh, so, so everybody's probably crying Topsic. that he has cheater shocks. That's right. No, they're not cheater shocks. If it's legal, I mean, you can't bitch. All right. That, that's what I've heard all over Facebook. And I'm like, really, guys? Go home and do your homework. Shut the fuck up. That's the, that's the common excuse. And trust me, I've used it before of people who just don't do the work. Shocks are black magic. And it's, it might as well just be, it, whenever someone says the word shock, you, they might as well be like from the 1620s and go, witchcraft. He's a witch. Yeah, Sink the witch. Burn the witch. I would say they just need to run spec shocks, but then Jesse would call me a communist. Yeah, fucking. God Everybody damn. take a sip. God damn it. <laughs> I'm out of beverage for this. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to let that one run. Anyway. Damn it. <laughs> anyway. All right. I think that's all I got for local news, and I think that basically wraps up the season for locals. Thompson's done, Stafford's done, Waterford's done, Seekonk's done. I don't know of anywhere else that's still running except for the last show at Waterford, which is essentially a fucking clown show. So still racing in Florida. Well, yeah, but Just you can saying. race in Florida. We're we're I don't know. We're probably going to get snow at the end of the damn week, for all I know. Yep. It's- 85 and sunny today. Yeah, I'll just go fucking shoot myself. <laughs> Yo! The thing goes... Okay, then. then. Don't shoot yourself. I thought that was a Florida joke, but all right, I'll move on. Because it sounds like the guy's on meth, which everybody on Florida is in meth. Anyway. Yes, we are. So I think the last, like, nationally local, if that can be a word thing that I have for news is uh, Josh Berry won the NASCAR weekly national title. Uh, he's obviously Junior Motorsports, long-time late model stock car driver. Um, I mean, the guy's won like 80 wins with him between not only NASCAR late model stocks, but also the Cars Tour. Uh, I mean, he's won multiple track titles all over the South. The Martinsville 300, um, 26 wins this year alone. I mean, the guy is just a machine in these cars, and that's just a fantastic achievement. That's a great resume. I mean, the guy's got a fantastic resume. And then he comes out last night, and I think he won the Cars Tour finale, and he won like 30000 bucks. So yeah, that's like, pretty Jesus badass. Jesus Christ, man. I wish I was that successful, to be honest. I got one more piece of news. Oh, I got to finish up Josh Berry. Apparently, oh, he's yeah. also going to run 12 races in a junior motorsports car in the Xfinity Series next year. So that'll be cool to see him move his talents up a little bit. Did Did you see how that was? Uh, see how he found out about that? They told him on uh, the podcast, or 
Yeah, so Josh Berry was on a, uh, I think it was a Sirius XM radio with uh, Dave Moody. Oh, was it that? And, yeah, and Dale Jr. called in to talk about it and to, to congratulate him on the air about it and then just dropped the news on him. Oh, and there's a video on, on YouTube of him sitting in the uh, Dirty Mo Media headquarters at Junior Motorsports and the look on his face when Junior said that was priceless. <laughs> got to be like winning the publisher's clearinghouse. <laughs> what is it? Surprise week? You got the, you got the news dropping that Chase Briscoe was surprised by Tony Stewart and pranked basically with hidden cameras to tell him that he was getting the 14 ride. And then he, then Junior comes and surprises uh, Josh Berry with the Xfinity ride. Like, who's next? <laughs> I didn't know that. Speaking about Chase Briscoe. I didn't know the way he came up. I figured he was another spoiled brat. I mean, no, the way he came really? up is fascinating. If you listen to the latest Absolutely. Dale Jr. download, it's, yeah, it's totally a, different perspective on that kid now. Yeah, I mean, he did the typical, um, basically do whatever it took to make it approach, including sleeping on couches and like taking odd jobs just to make rent. You know, just kind to sleep the on the Park couch. Approach. What's that? Kind of the Steve Park approach. Oh, I mean, you talk to any successful racer, there's probably a chance that they've slept on a couch at some point in their life for a long period of time. I mean, I've slept on couches, but that's only because I pissed my ex off. Well, that's your own damn fault. That's not you being, like, <laughs> industrious. That's just you probably called her fat. No, it but was, I it have was a new wife. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely racing related. Yeah, well, it wasn't worth it then, was it? I mean, that's why she's an ex. <laughs> I made a sexy time with my mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, I guess we got a little bit more. We're, we'll go into the national news because we don't have anything else local to talk about oh, for now. Oh, I have one more oh. piece of local national. My apologies. Hot Carl is uh, selling his, his piece of shit, hunk of junk, uh, needs to buy a $40,000 roller. Hot Carl's, and he's going to be going crate model racing uh, with uh, Scott Plumquist. <laughs> the traitor. How dare he? I can't believe that Everybody shit. Everybody eventually converts, Jesse. Oh, oh you just... <laughs> Join us, father. Up, you hear that <laughs> exhale? That exhale was like five to ten years of my life just left, gone. <laughs> oh, boy. Suck my white ass! Oh. That's anyway. just rich. Okay. It's almost delicious from here. There will be a crate motor in that 81 car soon. Oh, it's got to be. And when that happens, it's going to be so delicious to you guys. It'll be fattening. Yeah, oh, but absolutely. you'll you'll finally see the light, and you'll be like, wow, I'm glad that I'm running in the top five again. No, I won't, because I have other excuses. Do yeah, wait. but you'll be like, wow, I ran this thing for 10 years straight and never had to touch it. Sure thing. Okay, how'd that work <laughs> out for you, Phil? Anyway. What do you, what do you mean? mean? I thought you had a motor blow up in the no. Florida race, the the fucking World Series down in Florida. Oh yeah, that was a a rebuilt crate motor. Oh, ah, <laughs> and didn't it have didn't it have two hundred and fifty? 
Didn't it have 250 races on it, too? Ah, yeah, no, that's not 10 that years. It had been overheated. It had been run low on oil pressure. It had 200-something features on it. <laughs> and it and won the last race it ran, right? Huh? Didn't it win the last race it ran, too? It puked Uh-oh. a rod coming across the line. For the win, right? Yep. <laughs> Good. Can't take it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, a... that motor was well within the rules because down here, if you want to run an unsealed crate, you have to add 75 pounds. Fair. All right, so last okay. last little bits of news, national news. I mean, I'm going to go get a drink beer because the thought of running a crate motor just, you know, makes me fall off the wagon. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard that, Phil, you might have a little bit on this one, but I heard that Matt Tift and BJ McLeod bought a charter from Archie St. Hilaire from Go Fast Racing. Who's going to cut back to a part-time schedule? Yeah, that's that's actually a little bit of a shocker and interesting to me. I know BJ McLeod uh, had a plan a couple years ago to be in Cup Series by 2021, but I don't think anybody really took him seriously. Well, how many cars in the Xfinity Series does he actually own? I think he has two. Right, so he runs a multiple-car team. I thought it was like three, but I think that's somebody else I'm thinking yeah, of. I, I know he's got the 99. I don't know who the other number is, but I know he has at least two cars. And he doesn't even run for his own team, doesn't he? No, he runs for JD Motorsports, which is really funny when he gets wrecked by his own car. Right. But, <laughs> again, this kind of brings up a real – it's a strong indicator that, like – interest in the new cup car because that's why we're seeing all these new teams sprout up is rampant like this yeah, new business model looks great yeah the new business model is going to change everything significantly and a lot i think it's going to allow a lot of lower funded teams to participate up in the upper level of cup and bring a lot more interest into the cup series and i mean you see guys like um these two tift and mcleod and you see Justin Marks, and you see, obviously, guys with a ton of legacy and money like Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin. You're seeing these teams just kind of pop up out of nowhere, and it's I, it's an obvious guarantee that this new uh, car is just attracting that much more interest. And I think it's exciting. I really do. I, I want to see more cars. Justin Marks I'm not entirely shocked by because he had ties to RCR already. Uh, he owns GoPro Motorplex Park, I believe it is, in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. So he's got some decent income from that. That's a really popular go-kart track. Um, I just didn't know if it was Cup cup Series-level money, you know what I mean? Right, Maybe he made a I lot of good investments. The association with RCR made it easier. The ability to get sponsorship through that probably made it a lot easier. Um the one that kind of shocks me in the BJ McLeod deal is Matt Tift. Where the hell did that come from? Yeah, I again. It's... I don't think he's going to be the driver because of his health issues. No, obviously And I not. don't think BJ is going to be the driver because he's got his, unless he's getting rid of the Xfinity team, which I don't see that happening. It could. It very well could because he could reallocate all of his resources to go to Cup. You know what I mean? Oh, God. Possibly. But this, you know, we've all, we've we've been putting out speculation and rumors that like Priest was going to go to the '98 and Xfinity and run the '32 car in Cup. Honestly, I don't see that really changing at this point. No, I, I, I 
with with the the 32 running part time, I actually see that being more realistic now. Honestly, yeah, because of the non companion races, they can skip those. Right, yeah. and he, he's not forced to choose whether he claims points for one or the other. If he's running only in the 98 car, and then part time in the the 32 car. Correct. You know, again. I don't know. The the puzzle pieces are kind of falling into place, and I'm I'm just kind of waiting on it to be finalized. But what's really strange it, is that we haven't heard anything coming out of Ryan's current team about any openings exactly. or, si- or or signings. The silence so, is deafening. Yeah, it's like okay, well, is it actually happening? Like, what's going on? Are they going to wait till the off season or what? You know. The other, the other funny thing is Ryan to the ninety eight and the thirty two is on nobody's radar at all. I keep hearing Riley Herbst to the to the 98, which doesn't make any sense to me. He's a Toyota driver right now. Yeah, he's got zero just, Ford affiliation. And he's a rookie in the truck division as well. No, he's yeah, in Xfinity. I don't, I don't see that happening. He has not no. done well. He's torn up a lot of equipment, and Tony Stewart ain't going to put up with that shit. Yeah, I don't see it happening, honestly. I think Gibbs is going to retain him for a little bit. And I think that uh, who else do they have that's coming up as well? Um, uh, Ty Gibbs, obviously, but not. <laughs> he's I mean, probably going to go end game. Tr- he's probably going to go to trucks first. I mean, that's the end game eventually. Um, but I mean, they're going to, like I said, for the driver lineup that they have, I don't see anything really changing. I think they're going to retain pretty much everybody. I think Brandon Jones isn't going anywhere, right? I don't think Harrison yeah, Burton's moving either. Uh, Harrison Burton's probably not going anywhere either. No. Um, so. Again, I don't think I see that happening. And I don't. I, again, I wonder if these guys are waiting till the end of the season to kind of finalize things. But again, with everybody else making signings at like halfway through the season, it's kind of like, well, you know, we, we're getting used to hearing news break a little early and everybody being able to plan for next season. So let's get this ball rolling. You know what I mean? Let's get. Let's see. If you wait till the last minute on these signings, then people are going to be left in the dark and and maybe left without a ride or a future. So let's. See what happens. You know, let's get this done. But let me run through a couple quickie rundowns because we were in Texas, or they were in Texas this weekend. Sheldon Creed picked up the Truck Series win. Uh, I think that put him in the championship race. Um, yep. Well deserved. Yeah. Sheldon has really done well this year. Did you see the race? Um, did you see the part where Johnny Slaughter took out uh, Stuart Friesen? Dude, that, Jesus that guy Christ. is a fucking disaster. There's one thing about Johnny Sauter, and I have no problem pulling punches with the guy because I am not a fan of his. Um, if he has to race somebody for like five laps, he usually ends up wrecking them. And I just oh, absolutely. like I, I just can't stand that. Like, there's a reason why you were a nothing in the Xfinity series, and you were absolute shit. Like, nothing happened for you in Cup, and that's why you're an old man in the Truck series, is because. Nobody wants you to drive their stuff because you're not that great. So, <laughs> and, Stop that! and people Stop probably laughing. don't want to work with you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, and his family defends him to no end on Twitter, and it's absolutely hilarious to watch them just get absolutely ripped to shreds. Well, his family is the only reason he got a NASCAR ride to begin with because daddy got him in there. So, got yeah. him on name alone. Anyway. So the end of the Xfinity Series race was unexpected, to say the least. I mean, no oh, great. You're, you're going to gloss completely over the hack move by Ben Rhodes? Oh, yeah. Come on. 
Well, I'm not. I've Holy been, shit. Yeah, I've been tired all day. I must have forgotten that one. Jesus Christ. I mean, when you're talking about. That was just stupid. When you're talking about. I mean, about, Johnny Sauter's one thing, but this was just a completely different I mean, type it, of stupid. This is a high level of racing. And <laughs> a high level of racing like this requires a certain level of uh, spatial awareness. You, do you understand what I mean? Especially when they have spotters. Not even spatial Do you understand what tacked. I mean by spatial awareness <laughs> is knowing exactly where you are in the racetrack and what's happening to you. And he wrecked that kid for no reason at all. He thought he hit him, and he was nowhere near him. And then and he saw you, a replay, and he still defended himself. I mean, there's doubling down and everything, but you have absolutely no spatial awareness. He doesn't know where he is on the racetrack. And you can't have that. You cannot be on the racetrack and not know where you are at that high of a level with all the help you have and all the resources that you have. And I was there's sitting no there, call for it. I was sitting there waiting, like just waiting for the and then the, the double down broad- is just autism. I was waiting for the broadcast <laughs> to come back and find a place like earlier in the race where some kind of incident might have happened between the two that he just I don't know maybe just didn't forget about it and went after the kid when the opportunity arose, but. I didn't see anything. Like, there was nothing. I didn't see any history at all. He just flat wrecked the guy. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that was just ridiculous. And it's it's kind of disappointing to me, but also not surprising that NASCAR is going to let him run next week. He should be parked for one race for that. You can't get a set of precedents. Boys have at it. Yeah, there's got to be yeah. some law and order. <laughs> there's boys have at it and then hurt the other drivers. I just there's did a it. Difference. I said that facetiously. <laughs> um, yeah, but NAS- NASCAR doesn't. NASCAR uses that excuse for everything now. Yeah, and it's a ruination of the sport. It doesn't matter what they do to themselves as long as they don't hurt NASCAR. Mm, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so I'll go back to the Xfinity Series race. And again, I didn't see this coming at all. I mean, I was watching the last part of the race. I'm sure there's something I'm glossing over again because my mind is kind of out there right now. It's okay. Phil will check us out. He's sharp. Right. A lot less or a lot more sharp than me right now. Uh, but Noah Gregson's leading the last handful of laps, and he's got – there's, like, no chance that Harrison Burton's going to catch him. Like, none. He's another zip code behind him. Right. And even on the last couple of laps when he's catching him, there's no way he's going to catch him. But then going into three, Gregson drives it – in on the what do you call it that pj1 crap that they put down yeah well that's where he had been running yeah he'd been running there all the time but with this pj1 crap i don't know why they're still using it the thing is garbage it's like glue what do you think happens to the rubber that gets pushed up from the bottom groove it sticks there the marbles don't go to the wall anymore it goes to that groove because it's freaking glue you have marbles down further on the racetrack. <laughs> there you so go. if you, you miss, can't blow it off. If you miss your line by one tire width, which is what tire, which is what Noah Gregson did, you're effed. You he went straight up the racetrack. There was nothing that he could do. It's basically all it does is narrow the groove down, and he can't blow it away. Right? Why even use it? I, I really felt bad for the guy. I mean, he, he had his whole—you know—the heart. You could see he just got ripped out of his still beating chest. You know, the still beating heart ripped right out of his chest. You could see it just unfold right then and there. I really felt bad for the guy. And needless to say, Harrison Burton put it on the bottom of the racetrack where there was no PJ one, and he had absolutely no issue driving right by Harrison Burton from ten car lengths back. <laughs> 
to win the race in the last corner of the last lap, which is why you I should think, never use PJ1 on a goddamn racetrack. Get the hell rid of the shit. I, th I think there's two things to take from that. One, that was that was Noah's, probably his only chance to make the, the, the final four this year. Yeah, I it don't was. Think he, unless he goes out there and wins at Martinsville, he's that was it. But yeah. Even more than that, I think he was too aggressive in that last corner. I would have straddled the PJ one to make sure mm -mm. I was on a good line and blocking both lines as best I could. I would have put it on the damn line on the bottom of the racetrack and hope for the best. <laughs> oh, you can't screw it. You, you can't it screw it up. If Burton gets above you, run him up into it. The boy right. don't have the balls to pass me on the outside. You're protecting two ways by running the bottom. You're you're blocking the line from the car behind, so he would literally have to hit you to get by you. And at yeah. that point, at that point, he's so far back, he probably wouldn't have made it there. And if he oh, had the if he had the run to get around you on the outside, you run him up the racetrack. Joey Logano would have won this race. <laughs> yeah, he would have. I, I think I think almost any racer you're going to find out there, and I've done it. If you're coming down to the last corner of the last lap, and you got two or three good car lengths on the guy behind you. You're going to be a little more conservative going in knowing you have that gap. Yeah, that's what I, I do. I don't think you're going to push it to the very edge and risk it. I, I just make sure the car grips and protects, and that's it. Just exactly. get through that last corner and floor it. That's yep. it. So a couple final little notes I want to get through here before we end this thing. Um, kudos to Scott Dixon. He wrapped up his sixth Verizon IndyCar Championship on Sunday or That's Saturday. That's not NASCAR. I don't know. It's racing, isn't it? It's a racing podcast. And Lewis I was Hamilton. and I was on that treadmill watching my F1 race on Sunday, which I like to do. The beginning of that race was wild. It was wild. <laughs> my jokes don't go over. I don't care. Everybody, I don't care. <laughs> I don't, Jesse I added don't his care. opinion. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about Formula One. I do. Who so, the fuck cares about it's? It's basically the richest RC remote control cars. There we go out there. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> it's soccer. Okay. Damn. It's the, Is it, it communism? If it, 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 <laughs> it's soccer, I tried to turn his. It's mic. not even communism. It's not even you know. It's just <laughs> terrible. I tried to turn his mic off and it didn't work. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's not communism. It, it actually fuels communism because but it's, no, it was, because it's pure capitalism in the form in its form. Actually, I loved watching. But the same it. guy wins every time. No one cares. They have the they have the most resources. It's they control the car from the pits. Jesus all they Christ, have is shut just this thing a, off. all they have. There we go. Water. That's much better. All they have is just <laughs> some stupid wanker. That just sits behind their car and straps in. <laughs> That's all they I have. I can't hear you. So, no one cares. So, f f <laughs> I like it. RC and cars. Be quiet. It's my show. So, Lewis Hamilton broke the all-time win record held by, held by Michael Schumacher with his 92nd win. I never thought I would see it. It's an incredibly special moment. I'm glad I got to watch it. Again, the beginning part of the race was really kind of epic with the uh, misty rain, and nobody had grip except if you were on the soft tires, and it made for a really interesting race. 
I mean, yeah, the middle parts of F1 races, you can go get lunch and come back and then watch the end, but um, I enjoy them. I like racing. I like all racing, and I will continue to watch Formula One. By the way, interesting statistic, he's won a staggering 35% of all his F1 starts. And your microphone's still off. Thank you, God. Just How like, many... uh, sounds like David Pearson, except he won full seasons. Passes for the lead have they got. He had to... There you go. I'll let you come back in. <laughs> That's enough out of you. All right. Oh, my enough, God. Enough F1 talk. No one I'll, cares. I do care, and I will admit it fully. Did they use nitro in those F1 cars, or is it just electric? Uh, actually, with the DRS system, it's a part of the wing in the back that comes out so that, or it flaps down so that they gain speed and it you allows see, for okay, passing. Okay, so that's an extra button on their RC cars. Right, but it allows for passing. They're, uh, they're doing things to allow passing. Go, go drink Jesse, your beer. Jesse, that's the A button on the controller. Right. Oh, Those, con- darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Those steering wheels probably cost more I than my house. <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> anyway, okay, I think that's Move it for this on. week. <laughs> Move on to something different. Okay, that's it for this week. Uh, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. You can find us on Instagram at Making Laps. Where's the boy? You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brent Gleason01. Uh, you can find Phil at P Jakes, P J A C Q U E S Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Jesse lives in a bunker under a tree, like what the other trolls. Do, Lord, destroy the child, corrupt them all. This is their plan, people. These are demons. There's my boy's uh, signal, so he's in the in the office now. So, thank you all for tuning in this week. I greatly appreciate it, Raji. How do you sign this thing off? Keep the side down and stay on face. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yes, thank you all for listening. Ah! Oh my god. The boy does the boy does not get the sonic reference there, apparently. 